We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Liar. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold's debut on the Locker Room app. But this is still your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. And joining me tonight is the same man as every other night, the former NFL defensive back, the creator of Rise Athletics, the owner of Croc Talk. I mean, too many hats. Crocker, Eric, what's going on, dude? Hey, I mean, I'm, I'm just happy that we finally got this whole thing figured out. Yeah, what's – if so – if everything works and this gets turned into our, our weekly podcast, you know, our podcast this week, our, our Wednesday, Thursday podcast, we have spent the last, like, 10 minutes just trying to get this whole locker room app deal s- settled. So right now, not only are we recording a pod, but we're on the locker room app. If you don't have the locker room app, download it. It's actually pretty sweet. It's like a live – you can listen live. You can you can chime in. You can We can actually let you talk. So – that that might be your way to get your voice onto the Strike and Gold podcast. Like, you know, if you're tired of hearing Crocker and I, you can now go into the locker room. We have to let you talk. Well, we don't have to, but we will. And then now all of a sudden you're on Strike and Gold, just as uh, just as high and mighty as us. But so we're working it. We're working it. This is interesting. I feel like we're like radio co-hosts. That's kind of what it feels like. That's kind of what it, it's like. It's like we're on a radio show where we. Uh, 
and then uh, freaking KP at Niners Nation just retweeted the the tweet, so we might have we might get popping in here. But all right, so let's just get right into it. We said today would be a mailbag episode, and we're gonna make it a mailbag episode. And you guys can ask questions all you want. Um, you can put them in the chat. You can request to talk, and we might not do the request to talk thing right away when you request it. But we'll probably just bounce back and forth because we got some questions on Twitter. We have some that are being asked in the chat. And we're just going to start rolling through them. And, and obviously, you know, we'll do what we do best, and that's, that's talk some 49ers. So let's go to the first question that I see in the, in the locker room chat. Okay, let's do that. From Gary. He said, what's up, fellas? And this is a good one for you, Croc, because I, saw, I, saw, I already saw you talking about it. I know you got some thoughts on it. What do you make of Chris Sims' draft quarterback rankings and how it relates to the 49ers? Thanks. So I'm, and I've already seen you talking about this, Croc. What, what were your initial thoughts on that? Because, I mean, one, break down what the rankings are, and then what were your thoughts? Yeah, so his rankings are he actually has Zach Wilson at QB1, which was pretty much of a you know big shocker to everyone. Um, he had Trevor Lawrence, the golden child, at QB2. Um, and then after that, it got a little weird. He had Matt Jones at three. At four, he had, gosh, he had uh, uh, the quarterback from uh, Texas A&M. Why can't I think of his name right now? Come on. on. Yeah. 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 at four. And then Justin Fields at five, Trey Lance at six. Now, the the reason why it's the most shocking to me is because I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Chris Sims. I love his work. I love how he works. So I know I've seen people say like, oh, he's doing this for clicks. And when you hear him talk, like if you actually listen to his podcast, you know like this is really how he feels. <laughs> this is really how he feels. And he actually said, um, he said that on the podcast where he was saying like, look, I don't do this thing for clicks or anything like that. One day I want to be an NFL GM. And I don't want it. I don't want uh, you know, a team owner asking me like, "Hey, why did you do this, that, and the other?" And he'd be like, "Well, I did for clicks." Like he doesn't he doesn't want that to be you know something that stops him from getting a job. So he's like, "This is just really how he feels." And I know he really puts in the work for it. Now the thing that was shocking to me about the list is as long as I've been listening to to Chris Sims, he values like elite traits more than anything. So the fact that he has a guy like even even with you know Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence, I'm really surprised about him not having the big six six really athletic quarterback who can make all the throws over a guy that's like six two two hundred pounds. And when you hear him talk about it, everything kind of came back to the same thing. With really a lot of these guys, he's kind of shifted the way he's evaluating quarterbacks. It really was for the most part about the pure passers. And when he was talking about Zach Wilson, everything he was saying was that of someone who loves the ability and the things that this guy is able to do, how he's able to play with timing, how he's able to play off script, the throws that he's able to make while moving left, right, the, just the timing of everything. He loved everything, the compact throw, throwing motion. It was like everything about Zach Wilson, he loved it. And not only did he love Zach Wilson, he felt like there was a, a decent gap between Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, which I'm pretty sure that's shocking. That would be shocking for most people to hear. Uh, outside of that, I mean, you know, and I'm pretty sure everybody looks like, well, why is why does he have Fields at five? And he had Fields at five because he's like, look, 
he just doesn't do enough good quarterback stuff for him. <laughs> like, that's what it came down to. Like, you know, you and I have been talking on this podcast a lot about Mac Jones, and I'm like, hey, when it comes to doing quarterback stuff, nobody does it better than Mac Jones, right? That's what we've been saying. Yeah, right. And he echoed the same thing. He just was braver than me to have him as his QB3 in his class. And he was saying, look, like, uh, with when it came to uh, uh, fields, it's like, you know, late on throws, um, locks on to things, is, you know, he's going to bail on plays. Uh, to him, it sounds like he doesn't think he's just a pure passer, like has a weird throwing motion. Like there were all these different things that he didn't care for about. Like, so I know a lot of people are looking like, oh, this is a click play, like, uh, click bait. And it's like, nah, man, like this is really how he feels about about uh, uh, Justin Fields. And, you know, when he's talking about a guy like Mac Jones, who he had a three, he just really liked a lot of things that Mac Jones does. We compare Mac Jones to, you know, Garoppolo or, you know, even like Kirk Cousins, right? That's who it feels like. It feels like Kirk Cousins, right? Because he's able to throw the deep ball. He can move a little bit. I think he can move better than what people would give him credit for. But he does a lot of the NFL stuff. So, like, when when uh, Sims is talking about him, he's like, look, this is a guy who can come in right now and play. He doesn't have to develop. He doesn't have to do any of this. And he can run your offense. He can run your offense and he can make all the throws. Now, obviously he's limited in the sense of his upside because he doesn't have those big elite traits, but he is somebody that can come in and run your offense and do everything very well. And if you have Mac Jones come in and have, say, the success of Kirk Cousins, who I feel like every time I see like this like analytical list or whatever, Kirk Cousins is like at the top. Like, he's, like, top three in, like, everything, whether it's, like, deep ball throwing, throwing over here, percentage, uh, fourth quarter, QBR, like, all these things. Kirk Cousins at the top. So if you tell me this guy's coming in and he has, like, that type of ability, it's not a bad thing. And I think just the fact that he's not, like, mobile like that, people are kind of turned off about him. But um, it it was an interesting list. Obviously, like me, he's like, nah, man, give me, give me fields. But I can see why. He has a guy where he has it, and it's definitely not for clickbait or anything like that, like a lot of people think. Well, and that's and that's what it is. That's what it is for me. Is because if he if he genuinely has hopes to become an NFL GM, he's not going to put stuff out there that if he goes to an interview, they're going to print out these rankings and say, "Tell us why you felt this." And he's got to be able to justify it in that moment with real NFL thoughts that they're going to value. Otherwise, he just looks like an idiot. You know, like you right. said earlier, he's not going to just be like, well, you know how media is. I just had to get some get some clicks and, you know, make a splash. And, and that's not going to fly for them. That'll get him out the door faster than anything because it's probably a hard thing to do for somebody who's genuinely started in media to break into the real side of football. So he's not going to do any – if that's if those are his hopes, he's not going to put out anything, anything that he can, genuinely can't defend. He, he really believes this stuff. And it's not crazy. Like, you're still talking about the top six quarterbacks in the draft and kind of how they're shuffled around. All six of them could be good. It's just what he feels and what he prefers. And it's just, in the end, it's a personal opinion. But, Ryan, I think it's Riscali. Riscali? Uh, hopefully I didn't butcher that, buddy. Um, he 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 mentioned the fact that Sims had Mahomes at number one. And then in one year, he had Lamar at one and Josh Allen at two. And then he had Herbert over Tua. So it's not like he's just – his rankings are just without any, you know, merit. It, obviously, he's gotten things right in the past, or at least in some semblance of right. Uh, the big thing, it's just a matter of what he prefers. Like, to me yeah, – Hold on. So, so looking at that list, like, he 
at one point he did have Lamar at one, Josh Allen at two. He eventually changed did that. He bail, did he bail on it? Yeah, he bailed on it and had – he still had Josh Allen at one, but – I mean, he moved Josh Allen to one, but Josh Jackson, I mean, Josh Jackson, uh, Lamar. Lamar Jackson, he dropped him to like four. And his reasoning for that was, and he said he's not going to make that mistake again. When he would talk to his buddies and he would talk to people and he'd be like, yeah, I have Lamar Jackson at QB1. They were like, uh, like, why do you have, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they were giving him kind of a hard time and it made him like overthink it and kind of change up his rankings. And he was like, he'll never do that again. Like, how he feels about it, he's just going to go off of that. And then however it plays out, that's just how it plays out. But he's not going to let people kind of, you know, change his mind on having Lamar Jackson won and bump up somebody like Josh Rosen when he didn't like Josh Rosen as much as Lamar Jackson. I like that. I mean, if if he's come out and said that, you know, that's and that's a good thing. Is You have to just – and it goes back to kind of what we're saying. You have to be able to defend what you think. And if you're not, like, genuine about it and you don't honestly think that, then when it comes down to actually having to explain, to explain this to somebody who can see right through your bullshit, uh, it, it's not going to work out. And to me, like, dude, I'm, I'm not surprised at the Mac Jones stuff. I feel like it's weird. I feel like you and I were a little ahead on that. Like, at least ahead of, the, ahead of the wave. Yeah, we were just, well, I mean, we're just not, like you said, we're not brave enough to, like, say it with our <laughs> chest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So. So everybody always talks about Kyle Shanahan wanting a quarterback that will just run his offense to a T. And I'm sitting here watching Mac Jones run this <laughs> Alabama offense to a T. Isn't that like kind of good, a good thing? And everybody's like, nah, man, he's just got talented players around him. It's Alabama. I'm like, he's going to have Kyle Shanahan and a bunch of talented players around him. Like, right. are we sure he can't be pretty good? Now, obviously, he doesn't have the sexy stuff. He doesn't have the big arm. He doesn't have the, you know, I mean, he does have a decent arm. It's good enough. And that's what Chris um, said as well. Like, he, he is not the sexy. Like, it's not sexy. That That's what he said as well. Right, right. And so it's, it, I really just, I don't see anything there that's crazy. I think Trevor Lawrence not being at number one. But you know what? Like, so much of this and these rankings depends on the situation that those quarterbacks fall into that it could pan out like that. Like maybe Zach Wilson goes, you know, obviously all the teams toward the top typically suck, but, you know, maybe things pan out for these guys and makes these rankings seem thing. Like let's, what if the 49ers drafted Mac Jones and all of a sudden he is, he seems like the third best quarterback in the class, if not better, you know, just based on the situation. So right. all that stuff can fly I around. Hope, I hope Zach Wilson doesn't go to like New York Jets at two. <laughs> I don't I know, man. It just seems like death. You know what I mean? Like uh, just walking into hell and, and trying to fight your way out. It's all is there now, and I feel like that is the right guy for it. But I don't, I don't want to throw him into. I don't want to throw Zach Wilson into that fire. Right, right. Yeah, it's. I, I don't think anybody wants to throw anybody into that fire. I don't right, really don't be know. Guinea pig. <laughs> I don't really know. I feel like maybe for some reason I'm a little more optimistic about the Jags than I am the Jets. But maybe, you know, at least they've got Robert Sala at the Jets and and a Kyle Shanahan disciple, if you will. You know, maybe there's some a little bit of spark there. But I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough. All right. So on these speaker requests, on on these speaker requests. So I've got let me let me get let me hit this up here real quick. Uh, Ryan, yours is still in there. Do you do you want to pop in here, Ryan? Do, Put in the chat. You got a question? I'll do it. I just didn't want to put you on the spot, and all of a sudden we've already answered your question or something, and you know what I mean. So, 
let me uh, let me hit this. This Ryan is going to be our first ever speaker on striking gold and the locker room app. So let's let's do it. Ryan, I think you're on here, man. What's up? What's up, guys? What's up, dude? Oh, I will really like, dude. This is really like the radio. It is, man. We just pulled on a guest, dude. He called the uh, striking gold hotline. Hey, I joked about us saying that we were going to do this like four times a week now since we kind of get paid for it, but we really need to do this like four times a week. This is pretty cool. But sorry, go cool. ahead. Uh, what's up, guys? I just want to say I like the, I love the pod, but uh, I got to. Hold on, you're push. supposed to say. Oh, sorry to cut you off. You're supposed to say first time, first time caller, <laughs> long time <laughs> listener. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, my, my bad. Uh, first time caller, <laughs> long time listener. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, my question is though, obviously Jimmy G is probably the most likely quarterback uh, to start 2021. But who do you guys think's the next most likely quarterback? Ooh. Who do I think the next most likely 49ers quarterback is starting next year? Croc, do you have a do you have something that jumps up? I, I mean, Rosen is on the list. I mean, he's on the roster. But if we want to get a little, you know, a little spicy with it, I would say maybe maybe a, you know a Mac Jones. You know, Mac Jones falls at 12, and that is somebody like you know. That's just me, kind of like if it's not Garoppolo, who I think it would be. The next best answer, I would say, like somebody that's like a reasonable starter, and, and we're not saying Josh Rosen, who he's not expected to be a starter. I would say somebody like Mac Jones. Just I, th- I, I do think though that just to kind of narrow this out, I do think it'll be a rookie. If if it's not Jimmy G, I think it'll be a rookie. I just don't see anybody else out there on the quarterback market worth going after, you know, like worth worth really going into unless things just drastically hit the fan and flip upside down. Um, so I'll just go Justin Fields because I know Kyle Shanahan's worked with him in the past. It seems like, and, and again, we have so much longer before the draft. It seems like everybody's maybe cooling on him a little bit. You know, like it just seems that way. And, and maybe, and what I have noticed is that for the most part, um, NFL draft rooms are kind of immune to that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? They don't. They feel like like the the ebbs and sways of sports media and and a prospect losing some stock, gaining some stock. I feel like the NFL draft rooms are kind of immune to that. They're going to make their own decision, and and I think Justin Fields could still go two overall. You know, and and we're like, dang, okay, none of that mattered. But I feel like if, if they are cooling on him a little bit, Kyle Shanahan has some experience with him. I know that he probably has gotten a little bit to where he like he wants a quarterback like that. But I like the Mac Jones. I would have probably said Mac Jones if you didn't say Mac Jones because he just seems like it's like, boop, here you go. Go win games. You know, he just seems like he's ready to play. But if it's campy Mac Jones, then I got to go Justin Fields because I don't think it's going to be some weird veteran quarterback. And again, that's that's if Jimmy G's not starting, and we all kind of think that's the likely thing. Ryan, you got anything else, bro? Before we before I like give you the boot. Um. Yeah. Just a quick question: What do you guys think the Niners do with Josh Rosen? Just like a long time backup, or do they have plans of making him the starter if like Jimmy G struggles or something? I mean, I uh, I think it I think it's definitely an option. I think that you know you've got a guy that was selected in the first round that has a little bit of. You know, a little bit of, of what-ifs in terms of what he can do. And I think the 49ers like him, and I think that they could very easily be like, okay, you know, bye, Bethard Mullins. Let's go with Rosen, and if we can start him, maybe we can still win games. Interesting. Thanks, guys. Yeah, buddy, I appreciate you jumping on here, man. Number one, number number one. And we, we gotta we got to encourage people, like, 
I mean, yeah, you can put the question in the in the group chat, but like, you gotta call in, man. Like, this is live on the radio right now. <laughs> this is uh, this is the time, Kyle. I Kyle, I I know Kyle. Kyle, are you still? Is Kyle still in here? Kyle, you want to like ask your question live? Are you cool with that? Or are you not in a position to do that? Because Kyle's already asked a question. But yeah, he, I want to. Well, Kyle wanna, loves Richie James. I know he does. I know he does. But I wanted to make sure it was cool with him. Um, but he hasn't said anything yet. So. Uh, how many starting reps will Richie James take this season? I don't know, Croc. What do you think? Yeah. So like, to like, be a starter, you have to actually like start the game. Like you have to be, you know, you have to like, you know, is that what he's saying? Like, I, like. You mean me, like being the, the one of two wide receivers to walk out in the beginning of the game? Right. That that's what makes you a starter. So sometimes you'll see guys like they played in the game, but they didn't start or whatever. So it, you know, being a starter, it's not about how many reps you get. It's just about who lines up on first down, are you in the game? So from that standpoint, I'd put the over-under at, like, two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the only only, – the best chance Richie James has of starting is Debo Samuel's injury history. And if the 49ers kind of – we find that they don't really address that position like we think they were. They are. Kendrick Bourne hits free agency, and all of a sudden Richie James, the number three behind Ayuk and Debo, and Debo or Ayuk gets hurt, then then there's your starting reps for Richie James. You know, it, it could very well not pan out like that. But I guess the idea that Richie James would start, even though Kyle might have asked that in jest, because I know Kyle. Um, I mean, the odds, I would still say the odds are really low, but I guess the the likelihood isn't, it's not unbelievable, right? Right. Right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And he started, I want to say he started two games last year. Um, obviously, he started in the Packers game when the whole, you know, receiving core was, was either, you know, quarantining or I think Debo was still kind of banged up or whatever. Um, so he, I, I want to say he started in, in that game, right, the Packers game. And then I want to say he started one other game late in the year where I felt like they were trying to give him all of Bourne's reps down the stretch when I was trying to win my money. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, why is Kendrick Bourne not starting? So I want to say it was maybe the Cardinals game. So, you know, I set the over-under this year for this upcoming year at two starts for Richie James. And, um, yeah, I, I'll keep it I'll keep it there. That's where it was last year as well. Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? 
Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash gold. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners, get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com gold. That's BetterHelp.com slash G-O-L-D. Um, Evan, you don't want to, do you want to ask that, that on, on the live, Evan, or do you want to stick to the chat? Cause I know you're, you're a social butterfly. You're all about it. All right. Evan, Evan's coming in. Let me, let's invite to speak Evan Sowards, one of my good, my friends, good friends, Warzone buddy, real life buddy. I mean, I've only met him once, but I feel like he's a good friend. Evan, what do you, what do you have, my man? What's going on, buddy? We go way back like throwbacks. How you doing guys? <laughs> What's up, man? What's up? What's up? It's good to hear from you. Uh, Wait, hold on, real quick. Can you talk about your? Uh, it was like you were like on like a, a world tour, or at least a tour all over like yeah. United States recently. So yeah, what, what yeah, was yeah. that about? Because you were going from home for a long time. Yeah. So I work remote. Like now with COVID, my company was just kind of like, hey, you guys can just work remote unless we absolutely need you on site, which I am not building anything physically. I work at a tech startup, so I'm just chilling. And I was in downtown LA and. You know, L.A., as you all know, was one of the worst hit with COVID. So I was like, basically, anywhere I go right now will be better or <laughs> be yeah. more safe than this. So I had I had a lease and that I broke, and I was just like, you know, whatever. I just broke my lease. I put my stuff in storage. And I went and just saw basically all of my best friends. So I went back home to Portland, uh, saw some friends and family. I went and stayed with my best friend in Salt Lake City for almost a month and did a bunch of snowboarding, uh, went and saw a buddy in Dallas, you know, so lots of COVID tests, uh, lots of, lots of activities, lots of working in random places. And that was kind of my world. <laughs> That's nice. Well, I mean, the only, the only problem with all of this is, is, is I, I haven't seen you yet. So uh, did, did you like do part you of your friends now? Did you, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's happening here? So, so I ended up coming upon a very, uh, incredible living situation in Santa Monica. I'm uh, I'm renting a room like three blocks from the beach, and oh I wasn't my expecting that. But so I, yeah, I, when that happened, I was like, okay, we're we're co- we're coming home early. 
I'm going to move into this spot. So I'm in California now. So I would love to, uh, to crock, get a workout in with you one of these days. I'll see if I can go through your little gauntlet. And, Rob, you know, we got to get together and have a beer soon. Well, yeah, I mean, well, the only problem with the Crocker thing is he's kind of in Arkansas now. I know, but he'll be back one day. You know, He was. He was actually yeah. just recently back. So I'll be back for, uh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow I'll fly into Sacramento. There you go. Oh, well, there we go. Learn something new. Okay, 49ers. What is your 49ers question? Yeah. And it's, I appreciate you having me talk. I think expanding on it will make it a little bit easier. So we've all beat every single, you know, QB conversation, draft conversation, pick a 12 to death, right? There's not a whole lot more we can add there. What I'm really curious about, the running back position has kind of been ignored a little bit in conversation. Kyle Shanahan is the running back genius. We all know what Raheem Mostert was able to do. Jeff Wilson is a guy that's obviously exciting, you know, when he gets the opportunity. But the 49ers have kind of a position here where there's some exciting, interesting running backs available in free agency. And this is a draft where we finally have some draft picks to maybe take a running back mid, maybe late. What's something you guys think that could happen that would be exciting or surprising that maybe would catch everyone off guard? I think just that. I mean, drafting the running back, right? I mean, everybody looks at Kyle Shanahan as someone who doesn't need to spend a whole lot of draft capital on backs, doesn't take them, you know, high in in uh, draft first round, second round, and whatnot. Oh, he'll just, you know, turn these free agent guys into stars, which he has done a really good job, you know, evaluating those guys and finding them. But, you know, he spent a lot of money on backs, and those guys didn't even pan out. So I, I, if I had to guess, I'd say they could go to – if. To be shocked, like, you know, it would have to be him, even if he drafted a running back third round, right? Like they, like one of them kids from, like, uh, North Carolina or something, like somebody everybody thinks is really good. And it might that might speak to how he feels about a Jeff Wilson or uh, Mostert, you know, the ability to really carry the team. Because that's been the issue, right? Like, Mostert has all the ability. I think he's a terrific running back. It's like, dude, can you stay healthy? Like, we don't even – we don't know that. So – um, him drafting the running back, that definitely would be shocking because he hasn't been one to do it. But I think it definitely would be something that benefits the team for sure. I'd probably go with – I mean, since I since I can't – I don't really know the running back class like to where I could, I could you know, give you guys that are going to get drafted in like a third or fourth round. I would say – I'd kind of spread this out a little bit and say something that would shock me in terms of the running backs, I guess we'd probably start hearing about it in training camp, is – uh, something that would surprise me, and, and I, obviously I'm, my boy is Raheem and I love the guy, but again, this is just something that would surprise me, is Jeff Wilson Jr. is like the number one guy. I, I, uh, there is a world where I could see that, but I mean, Raheem was just so electric. But I mean, there was this like special spice to Jeff Wilson too. So maybe the thing that would shock me about how this whole thing plays out is the 49ers don't really in, invest anymore in the running backs. And like when we start heading into training camp, it's like, hey, uh, the first running back out on the field every week is uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. You know, I could I, something like that would really surprise me. But it, maybe I'm, the way I'm contradicting myself is it would surprise me. But at the same time, Jeff Wilson, kind of when he gets his chance, is kind of a crazy ass beast. So you I know, Raheem Mostert listens to the pod, right? Right. Yeah. Well, of course I did. He can text me. We'll talk hey, about it. Know. We'll talk about it. One time, I mean, when I when 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 Raheem requested his his trade, it was like maybe the next day in the afternoon, I got a, a call from Raheem and he said, Rob, you aren't shit. You know that, right? And like we were laughing and, and he obviously knows how it is. But I guess that's what I'll go with for now. And I'm just trying to give Raheem a reason to call me 
and bitch at me because he's like, hey, man, you know Jeff Wilson Jr. ain't got shit on me, right? That's what he'll say to me. And, uh, and yeah, so I guess that's, that's what I'm going to go with, Evan. Hopefully that's not too boring. Well, I will tell you guys, and just because we've talked a little bit about the draft, some names, and when you think about Kyle and the type of running back he uses, right, Kenyon Drake, Aaron Jones, James White, Marlon Mack, Chris Carson, Deion Lewis, like those are all kind of a Shanahan back kind of guy, right? It's true. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot, there's a lot of things that could happen this year. That's true. Yeah, definitely. I, I just – I hope they don't – it's like, dude, we – Tevin Coleman did pan out very well, um, gave him a bunch of money. I mean, he was okay. Uh, obviously, the, the Jarek McKinnon situation paid him a ton of money, and, you know, he missed the first two years and then kind of played sparingly in the third in this year. I hope they don't. I mean, it's like, dude, you, you've gotten more production out of the guys that you didn't invest a whole lot of money into. Let's just go that route. Continue to go that route. Like, don't, don't go spend a whole bunch of money on free agency on a back that you had to outbid – the Jets or somebody else. Well, yeah, yeah, 100%. And they're just not going to have the, the salary cap to do it this year. I mean, with the amount of production they've been able to get from those from those guys you're talking about, they're just not going to have the money to do it this year. But anyways, any, Evan, I appreciate you, buddy. We're going to uh, – I'm going to boot you off the stage now, if that's all right. Yep. Love you, bud. All right. So let's let's just jump – we got some questions in the chat, but let's jump let's jump into another – Speaker requests, okay. Wait, um, it said to – it looked like um, Eli asked – well, he's already gone, okay. So Brandon Flores, Brandon, you ready to roll? I'm not going to ask everybody if they're ready to roll. If there's a speaker request in here, I'm hitting it. So, Brandon, it's your turn, buddy. Step up on stage. What do you got? Nope, nope. He said good and then muted himself. I, said, um, I appreciate it. Good? Oh, what's good? Oh man, we're dude. Everything's good right now, man. What's what's good with you? Um, uh, everything's nice. <laughs> what's your? Uh, do you have a you have a Forty ers question? Yes. Um, do you stick with Garoppolo this upcoming season? Do I? Oh man. Like, okay. As a fan. As a fan. What do you? What, so you mean like if it were up to me, would I keep Garoppolo? Yeah, yeah. Or like a um, guy like Deshaun Watson. Well, I mean, if if I felt like I could pull off a Deshaun Watson trade and that was even in the realm of reality, that would be my number one goal. And then there's a million little dots between my next goal. So, I mean, yeah, if I could get a Deshaun Watson, I'm getting Deshaun Watson. But yeah. it, it, and if not, I'm we me and Croc have talked about it. If I can't get somebody like that, that's going to change my organization. I'm going to trade up for a quarterback that has the possibility to change my organization because I just feel like everybody knows what's up with Garoppolo. What do you think, Croc? Yeah, nah, like, I agree. I mean, obviously, like, I like Garoppolo. If it were up to me, I would definitely go a different route, but more so because I feel like he's a little bit more on the average side and Kyle Shanahan, like, elevates his play. But, you know, since he is a little bit more on the average side, you're taking somebody who really needs the things around him to be pretty good. And because of his contract, which isn't that much, but it's still making it a little bit tough to keep guys like Trent Williams or – you know, uh, you know, Kerry Hyder or, you know, Verrett, you know, those type of guys. So, in my opinion, I would be willing to kind of move off of him for someone who I feel like still has the ability to give me some of the same things that he gave me. And we're not talking about Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard or anything like that. Like, those guys, I don't even know if they should be in the NFL. But someone who you feel just gives you a chance to still get the same 
type of play that you were able to get out of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, and I think that would allow you to free up some money and be able to keep some of the pieces that make your team good in the first place. So I, I would I would kind of go that route of trying to find somebody else, but I don't think they do that. I think there's a slim chance they do something like that. Right, right. I, I accidentally moved Brandon off the stage a little early. That's my bad. He wants he wants to get back on. Uh, Brandon, I'll let you back on real quick, but we got other people that want to ask questions. But let me get you back on here just because I didn't mean to cut you off. So you got anything? Wait, no, I accepted it. And it went away. Okay. It is what it is. All right. Thomas Stacy is next on the block. Let's hear what Thomas, Thomas Stacy has to ask. And once you guys ask your question, uh, kind of once you guys get it out of the way, I guess you could say, I'm going to, I'll boot you off the stage. So don't think I'm like hating on you or you anything, but once the question's asked, I'll boot you off the stage and then we'll, we'll move on to the next one. Thomas, what you got, man? So, uh, Croc, I know you like JC Horn, but, uh, do you like him enough to where you take him at 12? Cause I don't usually see Mox have him going that high. And if we do take him, could he line up day one? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think the biggest thing with him is just like, what, what's the 49ers scheme going to be? You know, if, if we're talking about what uh, what Robert Sala ran, and, and that's what we continue to push, where they started off at more of like a press, uh, press bill, single high, cover three Seattle scheme team, and they kind of converted into like a cover four team, playing a lot more quarters, a lot more off coverage and stuff like that. If they if they continue that, what they kind of transformed into, I would say, no, he's not a good fit. I think he'd be more suited for someone that allows their cornerback to be more physical at the line of scrimmage, play more press, press man, or even play or uh, line up in press alignment from a cover four, which you can't do. I didn't know that until I was with the Jets, and they told me, like, yeah, man, you can press from any coverage. But um, if he put, went to a team that allowed him to do more of that, I would say – like, yeah, like that that would fit for the 49ers. But I just don't think – I don't know what they're going to do. If, you know, in a perfect world, if you're just saying, Croc, you pick the scheme, would you take him at 12? I'd say hell yeah. I think he's he's an alpha male. He's he's a dog. He's an, he's aggressive. I think he's you know, plays with a ton of confidence. He takes on challenges. He's not a scared – he's not scared of the moment. Uh, you know, he's – from everything I, I've heard, he's a, a big-time leader, and he doesn't shy away from, you know uh, – just, you know, if something doesn't go his way, he's still going to keep coming as if, you know, nothing ever happened. So I just like his mindset, his his makeup, um, his ability as well. And, uh, yeah, that, that's the kind of guy I kind of – I want in, in my secondary for sure. So just and to if, make- you draft, if you draft a cornerback at 12, like, you're definitely playing him week one. Week one, he's starting. <laughs> right. Especially in the 49ers position where they're going to need his ass week one. Like, there's just not a lot going on there right now. So, uh, you know, everybody's heading out the door at that position. So, I mean, we'll see. Free agency isn't quite open yet. And, you know, I'm sure one or two of those names might end up sticking around. But, yeah, the 49ers are going to – if they're drafting a corner in 12, it's because they need his ass. So, that's happened. So, before we get to the next uh, live caller, obviously, I mean, I love it. So, if you put in a speaker request, don't don't bail on it. Um, but I want get to get to Grant's question. Speaking of running backs – what do you think happens with Juice, or do we use Herd or another Swiss Army knife? I would probably start that out by saying that you cannot rely on Jalen Hurd for any part of your plans, and anything he gives you is just a badass bonus. I mean, he had 
I was super excited to see what he can do. Crocker and I were talking about him the day he got drafted, going back and forth with all these clips, like, damn, this guy might actually be hella good. And he's just, you know, he's had hella, he's had super bad luck, back injury, torn ACL. He just can't be relied upon in any way. Um, and that's kind of uh, Ryan's question after, um, is what happens to Jalen Hurd? I, I don't think the 49ers are in necessarily a hurry to know. Of course, they'd love for him to be able to contribute. But after those two significant injuries, they just can't rely on him at all or, or in the plan. So anything they get from him, if he can work his way into a, a, a role, is just all bonus. But as far as Juice, man, I don't know, Croc, what do you think happens to Juice? I, I mean, it's clear that they like each other. So, you know, 49ers probably want him to be a big part of what they're doing and moving forward. Uh, I'm pretty sure he loves playing with the 49ers. That's what it sounds like. So I think just make him an, an offer that isn't, like, disrespectful, and I feel like they can make something happen. I mean, they've already made him the highest paid fullback in the league. So just, you know, just don't be disrespectful with the offer, and I'm pretty sure Juice would be back. I kind of feel the same way. Like I'm, I'm not in. I'm never in like a, somebody who encourage a player to take a team friendly deal because these guys only have, you know, they're incredibly short NFL careers that are really hard on their body. Like get what you can while you can get it. Every cent, every dollar, especially when you talk about taking care of families and generations with NFL type money. But I do feel like everything I've heard, I've everything I've heard you say just sounds like he does not want to go anywhere. Like, he likes it here. When he was asked about free agency in his press conference, he got teary-eyed, like, the the fact that he could be leaving. Like I, I think Croc put it perfectly. Make him an offer that's not disrespectful, and I feel like he will, won't even want to explore free agency. And I could be completely ignorant to that, and he could be looking forward to it, and, you know, he wants to go get that money, and that's fine. I just – every impression I've got about every time, everything Juice says about the 49ers is, like, he just wants to be here. And and that's the impression I've got, you know. That's that's just what I've got. So uh, let's jump back over to here and see who we got for. We got Chris with the speaker request. Chris, I hope you're ready to go because you are on now, brother. Hey guys, how's it going? Good man. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. So um, I wanted to ask about the draft. So at least in my opinion, I don't think we're going to take a cornerback or safety in the first round. Um, so do you guys think we would either do edge rusher, interior lineman, or trade back? Because I feel like trading up isn't a viable option um, with the way our money is in the cap space, and I feel like rookie contracts would be more team-friendly. Go, go, Croc. Yeah, so when it comes to, like, edge rushers, I, I, I feel like people are kind of, like, forcing it, right? There's there's not that just one guy who's just like, oh, this was just a dominant edge rusher, and he's coming in, and, like, that's why you should take him at 12. I think when people think of edge rusher, it's like, well, edge rusher is a need, so let's see who the best edge rusher is available. And if that's the case, like, I, I wouldn't draft edge rusher. Now, offensive line, this is a deep offensive line, uh, especially at yeah, tackle draft. But if there's somebody like Slater from Northwestern, I, I you know, I, and again, I'm no uh, evaluator of offensive line and what they're good at and whatnot, but, I, you know, just going off of people that I – value their opinion. They really like Slater, and they say he's somebody that is definitely a tackle, but also can play guard as well. So, you know, I think even if you have McGlinchey and you have Trent Williams, but you want to draft somebody like Slater who can potentially slide outside if, you know, you don't bring uh, back Williams, or if you just want to play him at guard until maybe a Williams retires, 
I think that would be something that would be a really good pick. And he's a good player. I think he matches – that matches, like, his value, you know, being able to pick him at pick 12. I don't know if the edge rushers are that good. I do hear the Quiddy Pity or whatever his name is from, like, Penn State or there, there, or, or Michigan. There, there are a couple of edge rushers people kind of talk about. But I hear – it feels like it's more forced with that position. I kind of – and I, I, I kind of agree with you, man. Like, I, I don't necessarily think that edge rusher is, like – like the odds are super low. I think that there's a, there's a decent chance that the 49ers would really look at that position considering we pretty much, it seems like D Ford, I don't know how they're going to handle his contract. It, it, I mean, there's a chance that D Ford never plays football again with how bad it, it seemed like his back injury is. So I think edge rusher is up there in terms of possibilities. It's just a matter of how, where they have these guys ranked, but Croc's right. There's really like no edge rusher, that we've seen really consistently mocked inside like the top like seven or eight, you know. And right, maybe- yeah, well, think about it like this, Rob. Like, who when 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 it was Josh Allen and Nick Bosa and even like Cleveland Farrell, like you knew like you it was like wow, this is like a loaded edge class. Like these guys, oh, he's good, he's good, he's good. I wouldn't like, even be able to tell you who the second best edge rusher is, bro. <laughs> I I can tell you who the first best edge rusher is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's the Pity Patty dude. I don't even know how to say his name. So. I mean, like that that's a you know, Edge Rusher I know is probably a need, especially if if Ford isn't gonna be playing anymore, or he's gonna retire, whatever his situation is. But I, I still feel like you can't force it. Like figure out a way to maybe get Hyder if 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 Ford's not gonna be around. But I, I can't force picking that uh, edge at twelve. I mean that's what they did with Solomon Thomas. Where it was like, Oh, well we need edge, so let's draft this interior guy and put him at edge because it's that big of a need for us. And then it, it like, let's force him into this position at a value that maybe is ahead of where he should be taken. Now, I think that's easier to say now. I want to say most people thought he'd be a top 10 pick at that time. But, you know, taking him at pick two or three and forcing him into a position where that's not where he played, like you see how it has panned out. It, it's been terrible. So don't force it. Like, yeah, if, if there is a really good edge rusher in this class, which it doesn't sound – I sound again – it sounds like people are forcing themselves to like the edge rushing class. I don't think that that's what the case is. I wouldn't take an edge rusher, edge rusher at 12. No, I don't, I don't think I would either. I do like offensive line. I said it on our last pod. Like I feel like the, the, the easiest route to sustain success in the NFL is through good offensive and defensive lines. Like I, I, I'm not saying that's the only route. I'm not saying that's all that goes into it. I just feel like if you want to have success in the NFL – I feel like a good offensive line and a good defensive line is like the quickest way to get there. So I like the idea of offensive line. Now the idea of trading back you mentioned, I think that's interesting to me because like you said, the 49ers are kind of tucked up against the salary cap. I don't know for sure how confident they are in their own like win now ability. You know, I feel like with, with the hit they're taking at corner, you know, the hit they're taking at safety, uh, you know, with with them not being sure what they're doing at quarterback or how confident they could be in Jimmy Garoppolo playing, it, it, I'm not sure how much this 49ers team feels like they're capable of winning in comparison to the years past. So I could see them trading back and being like, man, if we can get another second and a third rounder next year, this is going to help our salary cap situation. We'll be able to infuse this roster with a lot of young talent. Now, again, draft picks or gambles, but at least maybe you're building up draft picks to trade for, you know, another stud player or something like that. So obviously I, I wouldn't necessarily say a lot of draft picks are like, you know, uh, you know, a pathway to success, but it's, it's like one way to do it. 
and then at least you can trade them for good players, kind of like the Rams have been doing for the last 18 years. So I think trading down is an interesting option. It just depends, man. Like it's really hard to say right now with the way things are, but I mean, it's, it's definitely something worth considering. But that's that's all. So let me make sure we don't have any more speaker requests. Nope, we're good. Okay, uh, Chris, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for asking the question. It was a good question, man. That was a good question. Let's jump over to Twitter. I don't want to completely abandon our Twitter questions. That would uh, that would be rude. That would be rude. So let's go to Crocs here. We have AA Ron, a longtime follower of the pod, asks a question on almost every mailbag. He asks. And I guess we can kind of frame this differently because we already talked about it. But he asked, is, has Chris Sims' quarterback ranking changed or have caused either of you to question and look back at these incoming rookie quarterbacks for further evaluation, your thoughts and reactions? So that's a good question. I, I don't really think we, we talked about it in that regard. And we don't have to be really long-winded about it. But what do you think, Croc? Did his, did his rankings change your thinking or are you kind of just you are what you are? It made me want to go back and look at Mond. Like I've watched Mond. I watched him live. And my initial reaction was I was watching him against Florida and I actually had money on the game. And he carved Florida up. Now, Florida's defense wasn't great this year. But he carved Florida up. And I just remember, like, damn, with every throw he was making, I mean, tight, contested throws, I just saw my money just going down the drain. So <laughs> from that standpoint, like, man, mine might be great. But I've seen it other times. And he just looks like <laughs> – he looks like Diet Kaepernick to me. Like, it's like not as tall – not as, like, explosive of an athlete, but, like, a tight, like, he looks real stiff, look tight, like, not loose at all. Um, yeah, he he just kind of looks a little funny. I, and I just remember thinking, like, man, even with Kaepernick, was like, man, can we have a quarterback that looks a little bit more fluid, like, just, like, while he's playing? Uh, mine kind of reminds me of Kaepernick, and it, it just looks a little funny. But um, it has made me, like, like Zach Wilson more. I like Zach Wilson, but, you know, it's Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not tripping with what I see with both of those guys. I think they really are what I think they are in my head. That's been our struggle this whole time on this pod, talking about Mac Jones. We really like him. And then Chris Sims coming out and saying all those positive things about him just kind of validates our thoughts that we already had and makes it to where it's like, okay, no, you're, you're not tripping. He is a, a really good quarterback prospect. And we were saying – if he just ran better, I think people would view him as a top five pick, right? That's what we were saying before. The oh, 100%. 100%. And, and, that's, and that's the same thing with me. Really all it does selfishly is validate, like, my opinion of, of Mac Jones. Like, I don't know. I've just liked him a lot, dude. And I know he's kind of like he's not the wave. He's not the, the mobile, highly athletic, huge, crazy arm quarterback. But he plays the position well, and that's all I can round it down to is sure I can, you know, start trying to whip out scouting terms for quarterbacks and stuff like that. But you watch him and he just plays the quarterback well. For the most part, he makes good decisions and he just looks like he's he's beating teams with his mind just as much as he is with his arm. He's a smart dude. So, uh, you know, and I think I saw somebody say that he graduated from Alabama in like three years. Like he just knocked it out. And, and you know, like I don't know how much stock I think and somebody else. Didn't somebody else say they had a, he already had his master's degree too? Like I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> right, and it's and it, you know how white boys are, man. And it's like it's it's just because I went through that same thing. It was a different route, but I just feel like his his mental processing processing is very very above average. 
and he just kind of picks defenses apart, and he makes it look easy because of the way he's going about it. Now, obviously, you know, if you, if it's fourth and, and eight and nobody gets open, he's probably not the quarterback you want. But, you know, there's so many other occasions where just having a pure passer is going to pay off that maybe you're not going to miss those elite athletic traits as much as you might think you are, especially in an offense like Shanahan's where it's like, you know, let's just dice our way down the field because I'm the best offensive coordinator in the league and I know who's going to be open. So Yeah, well, I think if, you know, to kind of add to that, if Jimmy Garoppolo just threw a better deep ball, I, I don't think we would have as many issues with him as, as we do. I, I think that, you know, the issues that we have with Garoppolo outside of his health and all that is we feel like he kind of limits the offense a little bit. Like, now he runs it efficiently, like at least the offense that Shanahan has created for him. But it, it feels like there's more to the offense that we're kind of missing out on. And you would think that somebody like, you know, even Mac Jones would kind of give you that extra. Now, obviously, he won't have the explosive run play, his, you know, plays with his legs. But as far as with his arm, being able to throw the ball downfield, again, not, not an explosive arm like uh, Patrick Mahomes or anything like that, but just – Real Kirk Cousins-ish, right? Who just he can throw the deep ball well, and I think even that would make us, you know, would you know expand on the offense a little bit more. So, yeah, there, there's some positives with him, right? And it's it's also just like a willingness to chuck it. Like you know, he's just you could tell sometimes Mac Jones is like, oh no no, it's I'm throwing it deep. Like that's I, I've decided. And all right, so let's keep rolling. We got Zach Rowan, uh, another another fr- friend of the pod, long time. Uh, you know, always up in the mailbags. And this one's mainly for Croc because I know I'm not going to be able to answer the question. Considering the Niners are likely unable to draft a quarterback high this year and Jimmy's contract ending after this season, I think it ends after next season, doesn't it? Um, are yeah. there any good quarterback talents expected to be in next year's draft? Are there any definitive number ones like Lawrence? And I'm I'm not the guy for that. I haven't I haven't looked into him at all. I know at least you're out there grinding the film, Croc. Have you seen any of these guys that are supposed to be the big timers? No, I don't think like – I mean, again, every there's always – every year somebody comes out of nowhere, right? I mean, I, I want to say going into this year, Zach Wilson was like the 48th-ranked quarterback or whatever. So, like, people are going to come out of nowhere. There is a good group of, of quarterbacks coming out, like like Cal, um, Hal from uh, uh, North Carolina. There's, like, Slovis from USC – Jaden Daniels from uh, Arizona State. Like, uh, is the kid from Clemson? Is he a freshman, a true freshman this year? Or no, I think he redshirted. Then so the, the kid. Yeah, I'm not. Clemson, I'm not gonna have your answer, bro. <laughs> oh, the, the kid from Clemson. I want to say next year he's able to come out. I want to say that, but I'm don't 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 hold me to that. Uh, but if he is, he's going number one. He's going number one if he is. Big, big Samoan cat. He's probably huge. Oh, I do remember seeing him. Okay, I remember him stepping in for Trevor Trevor Lawrence in one of their ass whoopings, and and dude, he just seems like he's just like slings it, bro. Yeah, no, nah, he's he's a big dude, big arm, all that. So, um, I, I think if if he is able to come out, and again, I, I can't think off the top of my head if he was a true freshman this year or if he was a a, a red shirt freshman. Um, but if he was a redshirt freshman, that means he's eligible for next year's draft, and he'll he'll be going <laughs> number one. But oh, um, uh, Ritter, Desmond Ritter, um, I really liked him. I thought he possibly would come out this year. Um, he didn't come out with another year. He's somebody that I'm pretty sure will you know be talked about you know highly next year. So the issue is if 49ers don't draft quarterback this year and they have a solid year season, 
they're not going to be in position to draft any of those guys. <laughs> so um, either way, you're going to kind of miss out on them. <laughs> right, right. That's that's the biggest thing with me, and that's do I think the 49ers absolutely have to draft a quarterback? No, but I'm thinking when's the next time they're going to have this, if, if everything goes how they want it to go, when's the next time they're going to have the chance or be in position? Now there's always the, the chance that you can slide up and get somebody like a Deshaun Watson or a Patrick Mahomes, but the odds of doing that are tough especially when you're not picking the top guys. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. All right, let's bounce to, well, well um, DDJJ, he gave you the name of the quarterback you were talking about, and I cannot pronounce that. Yeah. And he also said he's a true freshman. So, um, <sighs> okay. <laughs> which is even more impressive if you've seen the kid. Like, dude, he's a, he's a beast. Um, all right, we've got Jordy R. He said, love the pod, fellas. Appreciate you, Jordy. Being realistic, if Lynch and Shanahan don't draft well this year, is our Super Bowl window closed temporarily? Considering the cap being lower and us strapped for cash, hard to improve the team without nailing these picks. What do you think, Crop? Well, it's, I don't want to like think that like glass half empty because they've done well with the with the draft. Like regardless of what people think, like they've done a good job of getting guys that contribute, and so far they've done that in every single draft, even the first draft. I mean, Killer Witherspoon, he started a bunch of games. Um, Solomon Thomas, like, he played in the Super Bowl. Like, they, they you know, obviously the Ruben Foster thing was crazy, but uh, you had DJ Jones. Uh, you know, he started a bunch of games and has played very, very well for the 49ers. Um, obviously, George Kittle. Um, and then the following year, man, I can't uh, – was it not Debo? That's not the Debo year, is it? The following year is not the Debo year, is it? Debo and Mosa? It depends on what you're, you're talking about before that. Uh, no, DJ Jones was their first year. You had 18. Was that the Mike McGlinchey year? Okay, yeah. So Mike McGlinchey, okay, Pettis or whatever. But, you know, um, <laughs> Tavares Moore had an interception in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, he has played. Um, and then, yeah, you go to the next year, they, you know, Greenlaw. And they, they've done well. So it's hard to say, like, oh, they're just going to completely whiff in the, in the draft when they have 10 picks. I feel like typically they find – three or four contributors and one or two starters in every draft. And I, and I think from that standpoint, they've done very well. So it's hard for me to just look at it like, oh, they're just going to completely whiff on an entire class. I, I can't see that because so far they've shown to get guys that contribute. Yeah, I, I really don't have much of a pro- Obviously, nobody hits on all their picks. I really don't have much of a problem with the way John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have drafted uh, if you if you kind of look around and do some studying as as far as successful general managers, it's kind of like batting in the major league baseball. It's if you can hit on your draft picks more than like you know a third of the time, you're doing a good job as a general manager. So you're really only hoping like two or three players from each draft class pan out and can contribute regularly, and you're doing a good job. And that's just what it is. And I feel like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have managed to do that. Do you, have they made some question questionable decisions? Sure, but every general manager does. So I don't really see them missing. But even if they did, I don't think the Super Bowl window closes temporarily because let's say Jimmy Garoppolo is 100% healthy. He steps back out there with this, you know, much more knowledge of the offense and of the team than he had before. The 49ers defense isn't going to be quite as good, but there's a chance the 49ers offense could, could be better than it was in 2019. This is obviously, like Croc said, very glass half full, but I don't think it necessarily closes the Super Bowl window 
are they a Super Bowl favorite? No. Would they be, you know, a, a top 10 team? Maybe. You know, I, I feel like it's just the way the 49ers handle themselves. If they have a healthy quarterback, they got a chance to go to go deep. And so I don't think that them whiffing on the class closes the Super Bowl window. It just makes it really, really hard. And I do think the cap situation is going to improve, especially after this season, as the COVID stuff kind of lessens uh, the salary cap situation. The, like next year, uh, you know, not this year, but next year, the salary cap is going to take a massive jump up, or at least it's expected to because it's supposed to jump back up to where it almost should have been this year. So I don't necessarily think the 49ers Super Bowl window is closed, even if they roll in with Jimmy G. I feel like if Jimmy G's healthy, he plays well, they got a chance. Because you, you got Shanahan. You got Shanahan. We'll see what, and we'll see what D'Amico Ryans has got. Because he's going to have uh, his work cut out for him. All right. We got Billy Mack. Hey, Eric, I'm wondering how much are the players aware of rumors on Twitter? And rumors and Twitter. Are they coached up with how to handle that? I imagine that Jimmy G would be feeling pissed and unsettled these days. Love the pod. <laughs> um, they are very aware of everything that's being said. Uh, you know, I tell people all the time, like, the the, the players are, are just like any regular civilian. Like, they're on social media just like you are. So they see all that. And there are a lot of guys that, like, search their name. I know when I was playing, when I was uh, with the New York Jets, my brother would search my name. And he would look up what people are saying about me. So um, somebody sees it in their camp or, you know, one of their friends or family or whatever, and I'm pretty sure it gets back to the players. They're very aware. Now, you, you just can't – you can't let it get to you. You are coached up. I I wasn't coached up on, on how to handle that because I don't know if Twitter – 2013, it, I mean, it was kind of big, I guess, but not like – it wasn't what it is today, I don't think. Um, we were more – coached up on, like, if we were talking to the media, media and, like, what to say, what not to say. So they did these mock interviews, and then they would grade your interview and then coach you up on telling you, like, well, don't say this, leave that out. Like, they asked me something about, like, oh, how do you feel about D. Miller being drafted, you know, um, you know, with the departure of Durrell Revis? And then the way I answered it was, like, oh, yeah, he's going to do good. Like, he's going to be fine. Like, I think he's going to be able to fill those shoes. And they're, like, no. Like they came back and were like, no, don't, don't ever say that again. <laughs> like, so they, why do they want you to never say that? Because you, they don't want you to like put that type of like pressure on the next player or something like that. It was oh, like they okay. more like politically, politically correct. Like, well, Revis was really good and you know he had a great time here, but you know D, that's he's his own man, and you know, they wanted me to like answer it that way. I so, see. Yeah, no, so they definitely coach you up on those things. I actually tweeted something and they put it on the board. In front, they they didn't put like who who tweeted it. They kind of like like cropped out my name and stuff, but they put up something I tweeted and was like, "Don't tweet stuff like this." <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember like, what it was? was? Huh? Do you remember what the tweet was? Nah, I wish I did. I know I went and deleted it though, but I wish <laughs> I, I wish I knew. But nah, they they're they're on it. They're on it. Like they have a, a you know PR team and stuff and. They'll tell you, like, don't do this or don't do that and whatnot. And they'll, they'll try to coach you up to the best of their ability. But obviously some players just don't listen. So, Right. There's a whole there's a whole two two months. Like, there was, like, a whole two months in, like, uh, during some of the, one of the offseason periods where the rookie and second-year players for two hours, like, after everything, like, after the whole day's done, 
you have to sit in this room for two hours with all the first and second year players and they coach you up on life. So, like, it's really weird that people still mess everything up and, like, go do all these crazy things because they really lay out everything for you, teach you everything. They'll, they'll, come, they'll get your credit score, talk to you about how to, you know, prepare to buy a house, a car, um, the proper way to shop and do things and how Barry Bonds did it. And they'll have lawyers come talk to you. They tell you how to deal with, you know, police officers. Um, they tell you, like, everything. Like, they teach you everything over, those, over that time. And... You know, how they bring in investors and people like, you know, like these are where investors are for, you know, financial advisors, yada, yada. Like every single thing that you'll deal with, they they plan out everything, even down to the point of like what your like how to spend your money. Like, all right, look, this is how much money you make. And then if you have like one kid, you like it's like this much. And then this is how much taxes are going to take. So this is how you should break up all your money. Then they break it all down for you. Like, this is how you should spend it. You'll have this much left over to last you throughout the rest of the year. Like, and they put this much in savings. Like, they literally lay out everything for you. And people still just go out and just do all kind of weird stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. No, and I, and I have, again, I, I mean, you guys know who it is. I, I spend a lot of time talking with Adrian Colbert. I spent a lot of time talking with, or I've spent a lot of time talking with Raheem. We played a lot of Warzone together, uh, you know, just kind of, and, and I've played with a lot of other players too. And I know that they're very aware of social media. Like like Crocker said, they're just dudes on social media. They just happen to have a lot of followers, and their job just happens to be football. You know, and, and they read everything that gets tweeted at them. And maybe some of them care more than other people do, but they see it, and, you know, they'll laugh at it. They'll talk about it. They'll talk shit on it. They'll, you know, it's they might not do it publicly because they know that it's not on Twitter. They know it's not good for their brand. It's not good for their image. It's not smart. It's, you know, there's no benefit to it. Uh, sometimes players will, we've seen that, but. And then when they respond, like fans are like, well, why are they, why do they care? They got all this money. Like why are they care? And I'm like, dude, like what people don't understand, like these dudes are regular people. They just have more money and the <laughs> money doesn't change. The money doesn't change them. It just enhances it. So whoever that person is, there's just more of that with money. So, like, say if they're, like, this, like, I don't want to call them, like, a Bible thumper, but they're just, like, this super Christian person. Like, there's just going to be that plus more. They'll donate more money, um, do all these different things for all these, you know, community reach things and all that type of stuff. But if they're, like, a gangster or something, they're just going to be more gangster but just with a lot of money. So, like, I knew, <laughs> I knew, a, player, I knew a player who told me, like, hey, Croc, like, I make more money a week selling weed than I do on my actual NFL contract. And his contract was solid. And he was like, I make more money a week selling weed. So like whatever, whatever they are, the buddy just, it just enhances it. So like, but they are regular people. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing, bro. What a quote, man. I feel like that needs to be tweeted, but you probably shouldn't. No, no, no. It's, it's, I mean, I'm well, I mean, I'm you don't have to say who said it. Yeah, right, nah. right, right, right. But, I mean, that's just such an incredible thing to think of. Like, an NFL player making hella money but still kept on doing the things they were doing before they became an NFL player. I mean, it's it's just a cool example of that. Um, we have a question that was asked through the chat. And, hey, if any of you guys want to jump, want to ask a question live, all you got to do is request to speak. And, you know, we've already had quite a few people do it. So I know that some of you guys are just jumping in. You probably haven't heard that we were letting people on here. But this isn't just Crocodile. If you guys want to jump in here and ask a question, uh, I will invite you on stage, as they would say. 
and you guys can ask a question. But for now, Rashad asks, what top O-line prospects will be at 12 if the Niners stay at 12? I think we need to sure up the trenches. Now, I am not an O-line guy. I know Croc's not an O-line guy. We saw Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network. He mocked uh, Slater from Northwestern. Um, he's a tackle that could easily slide into guard. Um, to the 49ers at 12, I don't know any of the other prospects. I don't know if there's any centers or, or like, you know, guys that are really that highly regarded to go in that spot. Croc, do you know anybody else that's kind of getting looks that at that high? I, I don't, but I, I do know that people – like this this offensive line class. So whether it's somebody at 12 or, say, even in the trade back or whatever, I'm assuming that people think that there will be several um, offensive linemen drafted in the first round. Right, right. Yeah, It's and and, and I agree with you. I agree with you, uh, Rashad. I feel like – do I think the 49ers offensive line is going to be bad? Absolutely not. If, but that's all kind of me in the back of my head still kind of assuming that they're going to figure things out with Trent Williams. If they don't re-sign Trent Williams, which there is a chance they don't, I still think there's a good chance he stays, but if they don't re-sign Trent Williams, then they have a big gaping hole at the most important spot on the offensive line. So while me thinking that they're, they should, if, if everybody was the same next year, I think the offensive line would be pretty good. Um, cohesion and consistency and being able to build up that relationship with the same offensive lineman every year, even if they're not elite players, just building up that, uh, that, you know, that cohesion together can make your unit pretty strong, even though, you know, you're kind of like a sum of your parts along the offensive line. But again, that's kind of assuming Trent Williams stays and, and that might be a bold assumption on my part. I just always got the impression that, that he and the 49ers would find a way to work it out. But if they don't, then all of a sudden, pick number 12 looks like offensive line. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if they don't keep Trent Williams, one, they, you know, they'll be in a decent salary cap situation. But if they don't keep Trent Williams, then I'm like, okay, I think an offensive lineman's getting picked at 12 more than anything. Hey, um, I don't know if my iPhone is listening to me, but since we started, like, some of the things we talked about, like, it's popped up on my Twitter timeline. So Benjamin Albright tweeted out, Next year's QB class, like how random is that, right? We're just having this conversation, but he said next QB's class has some really interesting players in it too. So I did talk about um, Hal from UNC. I did not mention uh, uh, Spencer Rattler, the quarterback from Oklahoma. Okay, and he's very he's very intriguing. He's a uh, he's he's a little undersized, but yeah, he he's nice. And I did mention like Slovis, but he talked about Pick Pickett, uh, Ritter, Strong, McCall, Knicks, Purdy. So yeah. I just had to kind of throw that out there because I think my phone's kind of listening to our conversation. And also <laughs> when I first went to Twitter, um, there was a tweet about DJ Ugriu, the quarterback, <laughs> um, and it was just like right there, like literally, it was like one minute ago, and I'm like, wow, like my phone's listening to us. But yeah, what um, we got, we got Eddie here. Eddie's got a Eddie would like to speak, and I saw I saw your comment about. Uh, Jim Garoppolo, I don't know if it's about that, but we'll see. All right, Eddie, you are on stage, my friend. What do you got? Eddie. Yeah, can you, you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Kind of cut oh. out there for a sec. Sorry about that. Oh, you're um, good, man. Yeah, so I was, I was just responding to someone in the chat when I said, you know, I keep hearing people all over Twitter and everything talk about, you know, Jimmy taking a pay cut. And, you know, from his perspective, why would you do that? You know, you either um, – 
you know, just stand pat if you're him and, and play out this contract if the Niners will let you or uh, have your choice of going to play wherever you want to go play, but you're not going to stay put in a place that kind of seems like they're, um, you know, not sure about you and, and then, you know, reward that with a pay cut. I just don't see that happening. Um, how do you guys feel about that? No, you're, you're right. There's Jimmy Garoppolo has no reason to accept any kind of a, a contract restructure unless it's adding more years to his deal. And the 49ers wouldn't try to restructure his contract without adding more years to, to his deal. It just doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense to try and do that. It, there's like you said, there's no incentive for Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's why also Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports, he was talking about, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo would accept a trade if the 49ers were going to trade him. Anything that ends up with him keeping the contract of $25 million, that's what he's going to do. And he's not going to restructure it if he doesn't feel like he's he's going to be included in the team's future. He's not just going to, you know, randomly decide that he's going to take less money. Um, you know, now, does he feel like the if the 49ers offered him some type of pay cut where – it was like, you're going to take this or we're going to cut you. And the, the amount of money they give him is more than Jimmy Garoppolo thinks he would get on the open market. Then I guess you could kind of entertain that situation. But it, it, for the most part, I just don't see any way where Jimmy Garoppolo is taking any sort of a pay cut unless he's given some type of additional guarantees. His deal becomes longer. I don't know, Croc, you got, any, uh, you got anything you want to add to that? I, I think he – so – are they giving him an ultimatum? Because if the ultimatum is, hey, you can either take a pay cut or we're going to release you, I don't think, he, you know, if, say if they, if they talk about a pay cut and they're shaving off $6 million, I don't think anybody would pay him $19 million on the open market. Right, right. That's so, the only way that they could kind of get away with it is if his contract still was more than he thinks he'd get. Right, so it's like, hey, you know, we're either going to restructure. And usually that's what they do, right? Like they did that with, like, Jeremy McKinnon. Like, hey, we're going to – we want to restructure you. And if Jimmy's like, no, they're like, all right, we'll just cut you, and you can try to figure it out on the open market. I, I think that kind of puts him in, a, a like, a sketchy situation. So it's almost like he's better off taking the pay cut, to be honest. And I'm not even saying restructure. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> a pay cut. <laughs> If, well, if, and, and the only thing you have, to, you have to realize too, though, is is Jimmy Garoppolo still has a little bit of value in his in his own right. He's not. I mean, obviously, he's not. People aren't high on him anymore. He's missed way too much time. He's still a decent quarterback. So it, it's not like the 49ers, which would just be able to cut bait and instantly have some type of re- replacement for him. Now, could they do this after the draft? And maybe they've got someone who they don't feel bad about starting behind him. Sure. But Jimmy Garoppolo knows, like, he could play ball a little bit. Like, okay, cut me, but I don't know what you're going to do at quarterback. Good luck type well, of deal. Now, they, uh, it just they wouldn't restruct. They they wouldn't wait until the draft to 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 make this move. If you if you want to like restructure or have him take a pay cut, that would have to be leading into free agency. Otherwise, I mean, it wouldn't make sense to do it when the draft comes and a big wave of free agency, like, you know, has passed and you weren't able to use that money that you're trying to save. So from that standpoint, I mean, you know, it it would have happened to happen. It would have to happen before then. So you wouldn't even know if you were able to take a quarterback in the draft. It depends because salary camps roll over. So money saved this year is still something that benefits you in the future. So if you felt like you were in a position 
where you had a little bit like you draft a quarterback, you've got leverage there. You feel like you're okay. If, if you have to kick Jimmy G to the curb, you feel like you're going to be okay. You have a little bit more leverage in your corner saying, look, take this pay cut. It's still more than you're going to get in the open market, or we're going to cut you and we're going to roll with this quarterback and, you know, best of luck to you. I still feel like the money saved by that pay cut would still benefit the organization because it just ends up rolling over. I do think you're right, though. I feel like if they were going to go down the Jimmy G restructure route, it would be because, damn, we can't fit this Trent Williams contract in like we thought we could, and we need Jimmy G to take a pay cut. You know, I do feel like that's more likely. But you can still save money one year and it reflect the next year because the salary cap rolls over. Um, You know, is is that what they're doing? Probably not. I think I'm probably looking too far into it. But no, DDJJ, I will never stop. You know this. All right, RKCO would like to jump back in the – or not jump back. That's Eddie. Eddie's got another request. We'll get to that. RK would like to jump up on stage. It's all you. Hey, what's up, guys? Appreciate y'all doing this. Quick question here. Um, and I may not be up to date on the Kendrick Bourne situation, but do you see him or uh, do you see him bringing him back or do you see them going after maybe an older vet like a Golden Tate or an Emmanuel Sanders type of player? What do you think, Kron? I think justice for Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> nah, um, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I could see them bringing him back just because – well, one, you, you know exactly what you're going to get to him, but, you know, obviously it has to fit in their financial plans. I would assume that Kendrick Bourne would probably be somewhere around the same amount of money, if not maybe a little less than a Golden Tate or Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, uh, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders. I, I, I could see actually Emmanuel Sanders and him, their money being similar. Maybe Golden Tate a little bit less, but I think, you know, do you want to save $1 million and have to, like, have Golden Tate run a whole new system or bring back somebody like Kendrick Bourne, who has been your probably more consistent player as far as being on the field, understanding what you want him to do. He's growing in the offense. You were the one that got him as an undrafted rookie free agent. Um, I think you're better off just kind of keeping Kendrick Bourne in that type of situation, especially if the money isn't too far off. Yeah, I agree. If, I, I think I feel like if you are going to decide that you want to invest some money in a receiver, unless the like, unless for so, somehow they're managing, maybe we're undervaluing Kendrick Bourne, and they, the 49ers feel like they can get better for the same amount of money that Kendrick Bourne is going to get paid. Unless that's going on, I feel like if you're going to invest money in a receiver, you might as well invest one that you brought into the organization yourself that you identified as an undrafted free agent that knows your system, like Croc said, and a guy that brings that amount of energy and that type of attitude, like there's a whole nother value to that and, and what he brings to this team. So I just feel like if the, if the team's going to decide to invest some money in a receiver, bring back the one that you picked that's already proven he can have an impact and, and it's pretty damn good in the red zone, you know? So that's what I do. If, if he's, made gonna... he's made plays in big moments as well. Like, you know, we talk about the Vikings game. He bailed out Garoppolo a couple times, um, obviously caught the, uh, you know, early touchdown in that game. So, you know, he's somebody who, you know, he's no slouch. Um, obviously, he's not like, you know, a wide receiver one or anything like that. And he doesn't have to be if your guys are healthy. You got you got Gill, you got uh, Debo, you got Ayuk, and then you have Kendrick Bourne who can be a, a solid contributor. So, uh, you know, from that standpoint, you know, I, you know, hopefully they, they, they keep him. And I think he, you know, he plays well in his role would like to see everybody kind of stay healthy around him so he doesn't have to be, 
more than what he actually is. Right. Right, I agree. Um, RK also threw out there, like, do you think there's someone they take uh, late in the draft to take for a wide receiver? I don't know of a guy that's back there that's, like, intriguing. I'm going to start diving into that now that we've kind of, like, firmly in the off season and there's really nothing else to do. Uh, but I would I would not be surprised at all. With the amount of picks the 49ers have, I wouldn't be surprised if they took two wide receivers and two corners just because it seems like they're always looking at them. And, you know, you got Shanahan in the building. He's going to always be a little selfish and want to take some some, some playmakers. So, I don't know. I, that That's kind of just how I feel about it. I feel like I, they're uh, – Yeah, I, I think that's the route. Like, obviously, like, you know, it would be nice to bring back Kendrick Bourne, but that's probably the route I would go. They've done very well at getting guys to be productive as rookies for whatever reason. I mean, that's going back to Trent Taylor. You know, he caught over 40 passes as a rookie. The following year they had Dante Pettis who – you know, he missed time due to injury, but then when he came back, he kind of hit the ground running and had, like, 20-something catches, 400-something yards. So he was, at the very least, productive. And then after that, you had Debo, who had 800 yards receiving, and then Ayuk. So they've done a really good job of bringing guys in and getting production out of them, no matter where they drafted them. And I didn't even mention um, Richie James, who, you know, was really good with – I mean, I don't want to say really good, but he contributed contributed in the return game, has returned – uh, a kick for a touchdown. So, you know, they, they've gotten production out of guys. If they went the, the route of drafting a guy, it seems like, you know, they would be able to, you know, get some production as a guy, as a wide receiver three or four. And that guy would be coming into a situation where he doesn't have to be the guy like Devo has had to be, like Pettis was supposed to be, like Ayu has had to be. So I think, you know, a situation like that would, would definitely work well for them. They'd just be really young at the position, which they already are. Right. Well, let's uh, – um, uh, Eddie's uh, asking to jump back up in here real quick. Let's um, let's get him back up in here. Eddie, the only reason I gave you the boot earlier, uh, and it wasn't really the boot, is um, you had some background noise going on. So once you ask your question, if you if there's, like, some follow-up comment or something, just make sure you're muted so that it doesn't – you know, we can't we can't hear the background. So, Eddie, what you got, man? You're back on, uh, you're back on stage, my friend. Hey, yo, hey, yo, Eddie. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So basically what I wanted to add was uh, on Twitter and, and everywhere that you look, Bleacher Report, um, you see everybody, you know, that's part of the fan base kind of, um, you know, shooting their shot at, at John Lynch and, and Kyle for not signing guys already, not getting some of our own free agents signed. And I, and I don't know, tell me what you guys think, but I feel like them signing guys early um, in the period – and not waiting up until the last minute before uh, free agency actually kicks off would kind of show their hand. And I feel like some of those signings would kind of tell you what they're doing with Garoppolo because the cap is so tight. You know, if they give Trent Williams some kind of mega deal, it would kind of tell you that Garoppolo's release is coming up. And if they're trying to get something back for him, they wouldn't be able to at that point. So maybe I'm giving John Lynch, um, you know, and Parag and all those guys and Peters too much credit, but that's just kind of how I feel like they're playing it. And then we'll kind of know more once you get, you know, right up against that deadline of uh, free agency and especially the draft. I, I mean, I, I think that's a decent way of looking at it. We saw what they were willing to do when it came to Joe Staley's retirement. Like they specifically had, you know, asked him to keep that quiet while they figured out trading for Trent Williams just because, you know, they knew that, that people knowing of Joe Staley's retirement would tip their hand. Now, obviously, that's kind of a bigger thing than, you know, just re-signing Trent Williams. I think a lot of people kind of expect him to. 
or expect them to make a run at it. The another thing is none of these players have have really that much uh, incentive to sign before free agency. Like Trent Williams has no incentive to sign before free agency. Like he wants to know what kind of offers he's going to get before he says, "Okay, 49ers, I'm coming back." Like you know, unless the 49ers just are like blow the doors off with like 22 million dollars a year or something, he has no incentive to sign before free agency. Like he 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 at least wants to be able to do some homework and see what other kind of money's out there before he just ups and re-ups with the 49ers. And, and I think that that kind of uncertainty drives a lot of fans crazy. Um, but it's just the way it is. And the 49ers probably know, like, they know what their chances are of keeping somebody like Trent Williams or, or Kyle Juszczyk or Jason Brett. But that does, these players don't necessarily have a whole lot of incentive to, you know, to, to, to sign these contracts early when a lot of them want to know what they would get on the open market. I don't know, Croc. You got any? Uh, you got any yeah, additions no. to that? No, that's good. I agree. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get. We got Alexander up here. He asked a question. Let's get to that. I think we do have another speaker request. Nope, it went away. Got it. Okay. Because I know you guys can remove it and, and add to it at any time. Alexander asked, "Great show as usual. Appreciate you. How much money do the 49ers currently have to spend, and how much could they possibly have if they get rid of Jimmy?" or any other restructures? I know it's a guess, but what do you think? Also, Eric, what's up with the psycho rabbit? <laughs> we need a, we need an update on Peter Crocker. What's up with Peter? Now, Peter's been chilling. Um, I still don't mess with him. I still don't touch him. My wife, um, he loves her. It, it's like a real pet. So I know people really have pet rabbits, but um, we, we have one. I guess I'm, you know, I'm part of that family. But uh, he, he's been cool, I guess. Right, babe? My wife says he's been cool, so he hasn't attacked me. I'm still alive, so. <laughs> yeah, Um. so I do have over the cap open right now. The 49ers currently have $23 million in salary cap space. Now, remember, like, that doesn't mean that, like, if they sign Trent Williams to $22 million a year, that doesn't drop. Excuse me. That doesn't drop down to one million. That's they can, all kinds of cap maneuvering and spacing things out, and you know back heavy deals and stuff like that. So twenty three million is a decent amount. If the Forty ers were to cut Jimmy Garoppolo right now, they would save twenty three point six million dollars. So that number would jump up to forty, almost forty seven million. So it's a huge contract that Jimmy Garoppolo carries. Now, in relative to other quarterbacks, it's not that big, but as far as the amount of sway that that amount of money has with this organization, it's a lot. So that's always going to be on their mind the whole time, how much money they could save if they moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo. And then obviously, like we talked about, you know, could there be some restructuring there where Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster, but they gave him, they not. We don't think you're going to get 15 million on the open market. Take this, you know, sixteen, seventeen million, whatever. They're still, they'd still be saving a lot of money. That could come up. I don't really know how all that works and, and the likelihood of it. But you know, a, a Jimmy Garoppolo cut would would change things drastically. Do the 49ers want to commit to that? Probably not. At least not right now. Um, as far as restructures go, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's the the big time candidate. And, and again, when you're restructuring, you're usually making it harder to cut somebody in the future. So really the only people that are going to restructure are guys that they kind of see themselves keeping for at least another year because then you're dealing with crazy amounts of dead money 
um, just based on the way you restructure contracts because you're taking money that's owed now and pushing it off to later. And so you, you really wouldn't do that with somebody who you're planning on cutting next year. So it just depends on kind of who you run through. Um, I feel like they could get something done with Lake and Tomlinson. He's got a six and a half million dollar cap number this year. I feel like everything's gone great with him. Uh, they could probably restructure him and clear up a few million pretty easily. You know, somebody like that who the, it's obvious that the team's going to want with them. And, you know, who knows how much they're planning on giving to Fred Warner. And if they want to knock this, that out this offseason, we could see quite a few restructures come around because of the fact that they, you know, they have so many guys that they want to resign uh, and they need to clear out some money. You got anything uh, else you want to add to that there, Croc? No, that's good. Bringing up Lincoln Thomason, I think that was a good little touch you put there. Oh. Um, somebody that they do like, but could shave a few million off and move it to where, you know, it's like, hey, you're going to be here. You know you're going to be here, so – but yeah, that would that would be something I could see them doing. Yeah, it, it's just like six million dollars. Like, I'm only making six million this year. <laughs> so, right, right. And and yeah. it's easy to re and, and maybe it wouldn't be called a restructure. It would be an extension. You know, you don't have to call it a restructure. Obviously, somebody like Lincoln Tomlinson, they're like, no, no, we want you around. You are, you've been everything we hoped you were. The 49ers traded like a ham sandwich for him, and they've got a legitimate starting left guard. You know, top half tier, top half, top fifty percent starting left guard for years now. And, and that was a great move by John Lynch. One of the first moves he made. So underrated, move. super underrated, super underrated. Do we have anybody else in our locker room that would like to jump on stage and ask a question? Um, well, um, RK, we did talk a lot about her earlier. We just basically said, don't rely on herd and any sort of your plans. Anything you get from him is just a bonus just because of how much he struggled to stay healthy. Not necessarily his fault. It's just kind of the way it is. So that's kind of how, what we talked about. Hey, Rob, real quick. So RK, because um, he tweeted me this. So you see his name, RK Co. Yeah. C-O? Well, his last name is Cox. And um, the app was like, People like use your real name and keep it clean, so they wouldn't let him use his last name Cox. <laughs> oh man, I I just got your follow RK too, man. I feel bad, dude. You're just out here trying to live, and uh, and locker room apps like no, <laughs> you cannot, you cannot live. Um, but I think that's it. I think that's it. We don't have any more speaker requests. We don't have any more questions. Hold on. We we gotta gotta address that this last question. All right. It says, please let the assistant GM do all the drafting this year. I got to touch on that. Okay, roll. So, but you you clarify, right? Is it assistant to GM <laughs> or is it assistant? That to? wasn't that. You know what that was? Do you know what that was? That wasn't me clarifying anything. Right. That's an office joke because D- Dwight Schrute keeps trying to tell everybody that he's the assistant regional manager, and Michael Scott's like, no, 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 you're the assistant to the manager. Like he's just okay. he's just saying he's like his office bitch, and Dwight's trying to act like it's a big title, and he keeps correcting him like no, no, it's to to the regional manager. Don't forget the to the. This whole time I've been thinking Peters is the assistant to. <laughs> that is so good, bro. I love that man. I love you, Croc. You're my boy, man. What are you? So what are your thoughts, bro? Well, I think that Peters has as big of a hand in everybody that was drafted as anybody else. And it's like everybody wants to give the credit or blame, really like the blame to John Lynch, but it's like, oh, John Lynch only drafted the bad players. Like he didn't do anything with the good players, like, you know, the George Kittles or anybody else. So, you know, just, I mean, that's just my opinion. Adam Peters 
is their head personnel for like college uh, player personnel stuff or whatever. Like all their like college uh, draft and all that stuff. Like he's the main guy. Like he's been over all that. So they have Mayhew. He's over the NFL side of things. Peters, he's over the college thing. So there's no player that kind of gets through the little cracks or whatever um, and could potentially be drafted, except for, like, maybe uh, Joe Williams. But <laughs> outside of that, I almost feel like everybody is, like, has has Peters' stamp of approval. Like, yeah, like, it's it's cool to draft this guy. You know, choose out of these guys. And they pick one of the guys that Alan Peters handed to them. Now, again, I'm not in the room, so I can't say that's exactly what happens, but he's the head guy in that in that position. So, and they clearly value his opinion. They just elevated him to assistant GM. So that that's just my thing. Like when I see a comment like that, and, and I'm not ripping you, Alexander, but um, when I see a comment like that, where it's just like, oh no, let, like let him do all the drafting. It's like, man, like we don't know who, you know, he has been the one that's personally like, oh yeah, draft this guy, if anyone at all. I think he's like most notable notable for like getting uh, CJ. C.J. Anderson, that old running back, they got him like undrafted, and he like found him. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what else he's done, other than the fact that people really like him. That's the that's the thing with me, and I've always been confused about. It, is everybody's like, oh, John Lynch is gonna step aside and become the VP of football operations, and then Adam Peters is gonna be the GM, and I'm just sitting there like, man, I don't know who the hell's doing what up there. I don't know who deserves what. What if what if Adam Peters becoming the GM is the worst thing, and he's he's been responsible for every bad pick? Now, am I being dramatic? Yeah, obviously. And the buck stops with John Lynch. If you don't want to pick a player, don't pick a player. You're the GM, but. I don't really know who's picking what. I know that Adam Peters is very highly regarded. He wouldn't be getting G- GM interviews if he wasn't. Uh, I feel like the 49ers, by giving him that promotion, they know how they have somebody they value. They know that they want to keep him around. Now, do they want to keep him enough to to kind of – who knows how much John Lynch wants this, to put him in some type of VP role? Who knows if Jed York wants that because Jed York seems very content doing that stuff. It's just you don't really know how much shuffling they can do. But, hey, at least they got Adam Peters for another year. I know that he will get GM looks at the end of next year because, like I said, he just he seems to be highly regarded. And and, and, and we might not know who's doing the picks, but, you know, uh, the league probably knows a lot more than we do. And he wouldn't be getting these interviews if, if someone hadn't have told him told him what was up, you know, and, and kind of the, the talented things he's done. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I like the idea of Adam Peters working his way up. We'll just it just depends on what John Lynch is willing to to do because he might he might not want to step aside from the GM role. You know, you can't just assume some guy's willing to do that. But if money is right, <laughs> the money's right. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey, appreciate the question, Alex. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. I think that's it. We hit the Twitter questions. We hit. We obviously had people jump in. We've hit the, the chat questions. And, like, Crocker, I'm sitting here, and someone mentioned it earlier. Like, is there any incentive for us not to record every single episode on this app? I think we got to do it, man. I mean, I think this gotta... shit's legit, right? I mean, yeah, we, I like we're it. recording like it, normal. It's like 30 minutes to figure it out, man. Right. We're recording like normal. Anybody – can jump in and talk at any time or they could not jump in and they could just listen to the pod live. Like, I don't know. This is, you guys will have to tell me what the feedback is um, in the chat or, or, you know, on Twitter afterwards. 
You guys are just going to have to tell me how you enjoyed it because I mean, I've, I just, if, if it could always be like this, you know, then like, dude, imagine this right after a game during the season. Oh yeah. You know what Boom. I mean? Like it's oh, yeah. going to be going down. It's going to be going down. And I, our episodes might be, our, our shows might be three hours long. <laughs> but right. We'll have to negotiate a contract with locker room that pays us like per hour <laughs> or something. Um, yeah. Hey, DDJJ, I, I appreciate you being in here, man. I, I do love it too. And I just like the fact that, you know, we're recording the pod like normal. If no one jumps in here or no one wants to ask a question, that's fine. We're just going to record the pod. But the, the fact that you guys can do that at any point, hopefully um, everything goes good with, you know, the audio file supposed to get sent with me. So if you are listening to this on Striking Gold um, through our normal podcast, and that means everything went down all right and the audio file got sent to us. And hopefully you enjoy the experience of actually getting to listen to fans jump in here because I think it's pretty – I think it's cool. Um, but, that hey, that's it. I mean, I think we're – we, if you exclude the time it took Eric Crocker and I to figure this out, <laughs> um, I think we're still, like, right around, like, an hour and a half. So – and that's one of our yeah. longest episodes ever on our Striking Gold debut on the Locker Room app. So I appreciate everybody that left questions for the mailbag on Twitter. I appreciate everybody that was in the chat. I appreciate everybody who asked to speak. Um, but just, hey, be prepared to do this more often because I think it's awesome. And, uh, and I, don't, I don't see any reason why not to. Uh, you got any uh, closing thoughts there, uh, Eric Crocker? No, I'm good. All right, buddy. Hey, y'all already, y'all already know what it is. For another episode, this is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. Peace.